0: If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there! Thanks for joining me on another episode of Canada Catholic Convos, and welcome to the first Sunday of Advent. Tis the season where we joyfully anticipate the coming of Jesus in the manger, the beginning of the Holy Family. Speaking of families... How's yours doing? I mean that seriously, because I'm not even looking at the calendar right now, and I can tell you we have something going on every week leading up to the new year. And for the last several years, Christmas has always just seemed like like a finish line, not the start of a new season. And I'm sure many of you feel the same way. It's sometimes an effort to just even get through the holidays, let alone truly appreciate them and inspire my children. And I just hate that feeling of December 26th when all the packages are opened and the wrapping paper is cleaned up and we're bored. We're looking for the next exciting thing because the magic of Christmas is over. But in reality, the party continues for 12 more days from December 25th until January 5th, which if I'm being totally honest, can just feel like one more thing to get through instead of truly enjoy. If at this point in the year, your family, like mine, is absolutely wiped, maybe you're a little less patient with each other, or you're feeling guilty for not making enough time to do the interior work of parenting, this episode is for you. Today I'm chatting with Melissa Maleski, our Director of Laity and Family for the Diocese of Harrisburg, about our role as parents in what we call the Domestic Church especially during this new liturgical season. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and talk about this, especially this weekend's the first weekend of Advent, which is very exciting. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and I'm excited as well. Yes. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do for the Diocese of Harrisburg.
1: Okay. I am a wife, mother of four, uh, two teenagers, a budding teenager and almost middle school. So have a have the gamut. Um, Here at the diocese, uh, my title is Director for Lady and Family, and so I encompass a very broad range of services and ministries to support the people in our diocese. Um, The way I describe it is that... um, our, my office is a twofold mission. One is to re-engage the lady with their baptismal rights and responsibilities. And then um, in regards to the family, I'm here to serve and support and promote the domestic church in any aspect that it touches upon in any way. So that's the long and the short of it.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I think that's such a good description because I think I think we just tend to kind of go through the motions like as we're being brought up in the church so that's really great that there there is an entire department dedicated (laughs) to reminding us like hey you also like as a catholic like these are our responsibilities and these are what we get to do
1: yes and not just remind but support and encourage yes it's not i'm not someone else's parent i'm not your rule keeper i'm here to help you walk on the journey towards Christ and enjoy it and see the beauty and the value in it. So that's that's the the best part for me is to be able to help people and, and bring that joy of the faith back into their life and their mind and, and help them live it better.
0: Yes, absolutely. So I heard you mention the domestic church. And mm-hmm. the domestic church is something, it's a term that I've heard a lot lately. What do you mean when you say the domestic church?
1: The domestic church is such a beautiful phrase and I love it but a lot of people think it is is just this beautiful idea vision of of what we call the family a nice pet term for the family but it's actually a very rich deep theological term because the the domestic church is an actual extension in theology of the eucharistic gathering that we have every Sunday so when we go to church every Sunday and we receive our lord in the sacrifice of the mass Going home, the family then becomes the domestic extension of what we participate in at the mass. So while we don't go and receive Holy Communion in the home, we can still make that spiritual communion. And by extension, we are still continuing to participate in that eternal sacrifice, but then we can extend it and share it within the world that we live in. And it starts in the home. And that's what the domestic church really is.
0: That's really cool. It's like when he says at the end of Mass, like, go forth. Yes. And so that's that's basically what he means is like now that you you can now bring it home, you can now share it outside.
1: Yes. Yes, you go forth. But at the same what's what's even more beautiful and a little bit puzzling too is that you know, you go to Mass, you come for Mass and you are sent forth into the world, into your family, but the whole um ability of us to to receive Christ. In the sacrifices of the the mass, because of the priest, has its roots in the family. I mean, the family is where the priests come from. Mm -hmm. Where we, we, our gift to to the world is is priesthood, as well as as so many other
0: gifts. But it's kind of a which came first, the chicken or the egg?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to think (laughs) about it.
0: So let's let's talk a little bit more about family, because I don't mean to reduce the term. Like you said, it's Mm -hmm. it family is like so deep and rich. And which came first? I had read a line in the theology of the domestic church that said that the family is the way to holiness. Does that kind of expand on on what you had just said or what what does that mean? So I'm not sure how the the book
1: goes on to describe it, but I know that um, St. John Paul II has said many times in his writings and the church understands that there are two paths to the universal vocation to holiness. You know, every human being that exists, their primary first vocation is to holiness, to be in the, the the beatific vision with God and to be close to him and united with him and reveal him to the rest of the world. So holiness is everyone's vocation. And there's two specific ways to get there, generally speaking. One is the family and the family life, and the other is the vocation to... um the consecrated life virginity, you know, that that singular focus upon God and giving one's entire self to God. So that is that is the what the church understands as one of the ways to holiness is through the family, because the family images that the the trinitarian communion of persons. Mm. And so we are we are living that out in the world and we're proclaiming that truth to the world by being a family, by you know husband and wife becoming a family and then being blessed with children or adopting children or you know being spiritual parents to others in their community. So that it is that dynamic which is so important and that's one of the ways that we are called to be united to 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 God and to Christ. In the world.
0: I absolutely love that. And I love that you touched on children because you're a parent. I'm a parent. Like, it is hard to be a parent nowadays. <laughs> yes. Like, how do we even stand a chance with raising our kids Catholic? There is just there is so much noise out there. How, how do we how do we even navigate that path to holiness that's for our a, kids? That's a great question. And when I die, can I come back and <laughs> Once we out. figure I'm out still, the answers, I'm later. still working <laughs> that
1: out. I'm still working that. Out. Um, no, it's it's it is such a difficult challenge to be a parent in the the secular environment that we now have. But the first of all, I would say that that parents have so much influence over their children from right from the beginning. That I don't even think parents realize how influential they are, for better or for worse. And so you are there's a there's a study that is very fascinating by christian smith out of the university of notre dame that talks about how crucial the influence of parents are on their children without even realizing it i mean you don't have to be intentional you know wake up in the morning and say okay how am i going to influence my kids you do it just by living the life in the family and that has both positive and negative consequences naturally but you know talking about you know kind of protecting our 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 kids within the Catholic the Catholic faith from the outside noise. Some of that is the choices that we make, but primarily it is giving our children from their very beginning a sacramental worldview. So not just how to avoid the noise, but how to understand and, and engage with the noise from catholic perspective so that that. because sometimes you can't avoid the, the noise you can't avoid what you see on tv you can't avoid what you read in books you can't avoid what your friends are bringing into your kids experience but you can teach your kids how one to receive that information process it through the lens of our faith and what is true and what is good and what is beautiful and then become witnesses by teaching them the best ways to respond to that And that is the best way that we can help our kids is to give them that 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 beautiful what I call a sacramental worldview where they see God in all things and then can translate all things through God and and bring it back into the world to to give that Catholic perspective to things.
0: I love that. And it's so funny that, you know, we don't actually realize how much of an influence we have on our kid until it's like something like maybe they overheard us say a bad word and then suddenly that's the only (laughs) word that they're saying or like I've noticed it with my own kids of like if I say something to my oldest son then like a few days later I'll hear him say it to my youngest son and it's like it's this trickle down effect or uh, and I like what you said about we can't as much as we would love to put them in like a Catholic bubble like it's not super realistic but we can give them the tools Mm -hmm. to see the world and sometimes the ugliness of the world. And like you said, like see it through a Catholic perspective.
1: Kids are amazingly insightful and resilient. And so, you know, starting to to encourage and say, okay, that's great. You know, ask them why are they doing this? Get to know their perspective. Just see what's going on is a great simple step to start encouraging kids to or anybody to think beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's that is probably one of the most Catholic things that you can you can teach without even using the word Catholic or God Mm -hmm. or, or anything. It's that it's that looking past yourself. Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: Going back to my kids, like our family is is going through some deep stuff right now. And the the Catholic faith, though, is built on some really deep stuff on some really heavy concepts that even many adults have trouble grasping. I know my kids are always like coming up with like how do we stump mom questions <laughs> about the faith? <laughs> so what are some ways that we can um, introduce the faith or reinforce what they're learning about the faith in a way that kids can understand? And when we get those like real stumper questions, how do we how do we respond to questions we don't have the answers to?
1: Those are great questions. Um, and it's, so I guess it, there's two parts to that. The first is I, I would say, sharing the faith with anybody, the best place to start is, is with what is fundamentally true. And that is the fact that God loves us, that we are made in his image. We are chosen. We are loved just by existing. It doesn't depend on what we're doing For God to love us. It's that we exist and he loves us just because of that. So our faith is rooted in fundamental goodness and love. And that is our foundation. And so everything that is contrary to that foundation is where the problems start. And so it's our choices to choose something other than than that love or that goodness is where we start to go sideways. And so encouraging kids to understand and to remember that fundamental fact, and then say, okay, this, whatever's going on, whatever's heavy, whatever's difficult, how does that fit in with what I know fundamentally about our faith? And and kind of go from there. Now, depending on the stumpy kind of question, that can be a little bit more difficult. I'll, I'll give you one example. I was presenting at a conference in Hawaii. And the, 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 the topic that I, I, Developed and chose was authentic love in the Christian tradition. So I'm talking about human sexuality, the human person, love, marriage. You can see where people might start to have interesting questions about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and towards the end of the discussion, I had a woman raise her hand and ask the question that I hadn't received yet, but I was waiting for. She's like, So, what does this mean for gay people and homosexuals? And I took a deep breath. I prayed really, really hard because I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, please don't let me say the wrong thing. Please don't let me say the wrong thing. You know, I gave my answer, continued on with the presentation, finished it. And at, after I was done, I had this woman and like five or six other people come up to me afterwards. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, they're going to kill me now. I'm, <laughs> I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I said the wrong thing. She said, thank you. I, that was the best response I had ever received on this, on this question. And it turns out that her spouse, they were now divorced. Her spouse, um, you know, had same, has same sex attraction and, you know, part of their divorce was him finding his own path. And so the way I answered it, starting in that fundamental goodness of the human person and, and things like that, I I gave her a way to retain her faith and, and hold her faith and explain her faith while also, also being able to, you know, be be loving and respectful and inclusive of her husband, especially when they're trying to co-parent their child. Mm. So it's, it's, it's finding that balance and the dignity of all people. Without compromising the faith, which is a very difficult balance. And that's a hard thing to be able to talk to a kid about, let alone adults.
0: So does that does that help? It does. It does. It definitely does. And it kind of leads me into my next question about difficult situations, like Mm -hmm. especially when we're parenting kids like your your kids, the age ranges kind of run the gamut. Mm -hmm. My kids are much more closer in age. But as parents, like our job is to respond to difficult situations. We're supposed to make corrections and impose natural consequences. How can we do that while still instilling values? Oh, uh, again, can I die and come back and answer that? Because I'm still
1: I'm still trying to figure <laughs> We're that out. We're <laughs> still in the trenches. Still in the trenches. But that's a part of it is that you learn as you go. And so having a conversation with your spouse when you first get pregnant and talking about these like how do I deal with this how do we how do we handle a situation where there's bad behavior how do we want to correct it having that that conversation and that game plan together as spouses I think goes a long way to helping instill the virtues that you want to instill in your children, because you have that communication and collaboration that you are giving witness to. And the child is, is, is receiving from the witness of their parents, which is always good. Um, I think, you know, uh, approaching it actively, you know, to head off behavior. um, It's again, it is, it is setting a standard and modeling that standard to the best of your ability but also I think even more when things happen we don't always have control over our own reactions so we're learning as well and the children are learning as well so they're going to they're going to make bad choices they're going to make mistakes but I think in our response or in the response that we give that we're not proud of you know recognizing our failings admitting our failings even to our children asking their forgiveness, you're modeling the way that they should respond in their weakness so that you're not just focused on, okay, this is the behavior you should be doing at all times. This is the ideal. And here's the standards. Here's the ways we're going to go about instilling that. It's, you're going to mess up. I mess up. Here's how we pick ourselves back up. Here's how we seek forgiveness. Here's how we, you know, work towards doing better. And that itself is instilling the virtue, the virtues of of resilience and humility. And again, it, it reminds us that we are not our own saviors. And so it's okay to admit where we need that help, where we need reconciliation and to admit our wrongs and, and heal from those, which is good for our own sake, as well as our kids. And especially when our kids see us do it, they're like, Oh, okay. So that's, that's huge because then you as a parent are more relatable to them. And by your example, God then becomes more relatable because God is not some distant authority figure because you are not a distant authority figure. You are, you are relational to them and you are accompanying them as much as allowing them to accompany you. And that's huge. Very
0: huge. And it's, I love, I love what you said about, you know, just having a conversation with your partner, because I feel like throughout the different stages of parenthood, like it's just, it's an ever evolving, like, I was the perfect parent before I ever had kids. Like I had the perfect plan, like my kids were going to do this, that and the third. And then they came and they are, they're totally different individuals that I almost have to parent completely differently just because of their personality and my husband came from a completely different like we're all just a group of people with our own personalities and our own strengths and weaknesses and communication is so key and prayer about that community because I keep going back every time I my, my kids get under my nerves especially like when we're like trying to drag this circus to church i'm like (laughs) i'm like okay mary i know that jesus probably broke his best pair of sandals on the way to temple how did you (laughs) how did you hand like did he get crumbs all over his best whatever before we went anywhere like give me strength (laughs) right oh yes i remember that
1: i i remember that but now being older my my perspective has shifted some and I would say to my younger self or, or to you in those moments, um, I can imagine our blessed mother saying the sandals don't really matter because you're still getting where you need to go mm. and the crumbs don't matter because you're where you need to be. And that's what's important. You are where you need to be. If it's not your best attire, if you're missing shoes, uh, you know, if you you forgot to wash your hair this month. I mean, (laughs) it's that those are the things that are not counted towards your sanctification. Mm. It's the fact that you, you, you brought yourself to God and put all of yourself at his feet and said, here's what I got. Do your best. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Please. And thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And it's kids the great thing about kids and the scary thing about kids is that we're never going to get the kids that we want we ha- we always every everybody plans out with their kids and it's going to be great it's going to be glorious you never get what you want but god gives you the children that you need absolutely and that is that is a that is a beautiful blessing but coming to terms with that i think is is a struggle for all of us parents is recognizing what we really needed Versus our own vision of ourself and everything else and how it just God's like,
0: oh, poof, yeah. let me, let me. <laughs> yes, our kids just, re- they reflect like all, like my middle son, he has very big emotions. So helping him manage his very big emotions, because I always had very big emotions. Mm. I'm like, oh, I see it now. Like this is he is just a a miniature version of me (laughs) and this is what I needed as a kid. So that's just I I love that saying of like, yes, they are. They might not have been that perfect little aesthetic child that you see on Pinterest and Instagram, but they are exactly what you need at this. very. Like God doesn't mess around. He gave you this child for a reason. Absolutely. And
1: that's the further gift you talk about. How do you how do you navigate the, the, the blow ups and the bad behavior? Um, and then going back again to to teaching empathy in the kids, you know, the, the kids that were were given when we start to see aspects or reflections of ourselves or our spouse or some some chimera of both our grandparents, and you know, like uh, that's like my mm-hmm. great aunt Nellie over there. Where did that where that <laughs> where did, that come, where did that come from? But you you know, so that's the door to say, okay, I recognize that. So then how do I deal with that rather than the sound effects or the tantrum or the screaming or the writhing? That's not what's the root of the problem. It's it's that behavior, the root of the behavior that we recognize in ourselves or someone else. So that gives us the opportunity to stop for a second and say, oh, I recognize that. I know how I would deal with it. Let's see how they want to deal with it. And that Allows us to be empathetic and mirror that and and help them even if they can't learn to reciprocate yet you're giving them that foundation to say this is this is what is and to get them to feel safe so that then they can in turn pay that forward when they're ready. We kind of talked
0: about this already, but when you're when you're in the younger years of parenting, like I remember. My my oldest son, when he was an infant, I had no idea what I was doing. Like nothing, nothing's in the handbooks. So you're just, you're really just, like we said, in the trenches. And sometimes it can be hard to to see the long game mm-hmm. of, you know, is, is what I'm doing, does it actually matter? Um, so how can we, how do we find the strength to play the long game in the early years?
1: That's a tough one. And I I think a lot of that relies on how we care for ourselves as parents and nurture our own faith. Because raising children is very much an act of faith because we don't know the effect that we're going to have until 20 or 30 years down the road. Maybe 15 if you're lucky. But it's you do your best. Um, And if you work on... Things that I don't want to be careful how, how I say this. The things that have long-lasting ramifications for your memory. So, for example, you you take the kids on the vacation to the beach. Are they going to remember what they wore every time?
0: Probably no, not. No, yeah,
1: they're going to have a vague notion of warm air salty water dessert the beach and it's going to give them that feeling of happiness and joy or if they hate the beach like but it's that it's a it's a visceral visceral sense of 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 relating to something of of belonging of of like of dislike that's those are the memories that kind of stick and so when you're in those moments um I think I find it helpful to think about, you know, how often do you do things that will give your child a feeling of security and happiness and joy? You know, how often do you hug your child? Do you pray with them? Do you, you know, give them a a bedtime routine where you're involved with them? Do you put your phone down? And have have times where there's direct eye contact and conversation even if it's only for a couple minutes um you know how much interaction is there you know do you do something with your child that is special to them that they can look back on and remember
0: we've unfortunately run out of time but if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode you can listen to us anytime on spotify under candid catholic convos or you can download this episode from our website at hbgdiocese.org. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org D-A-C and clicking the Make a Donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.